Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have read some of John Piper's writings in the past, and I have really learned quite a bit. As with anything that you read, you need to know from what perspective they come from, and it helps you to understand why they say the things that they say. In Piper's case, he's a Baptist and thusly a a Calvinist, and, and that's fine. We differ on many small things, but agree on the major things. And I'm definitely not a Calvinist in my theology by any means, but I think that we can learn from each other, even though we may disagree on some of the theological points. But when COVID first came out and the vaccine was being released, John Piper came out with a surprising statement. And he basically said that to be a good Christian, you needed to get the vaccine. Now, I don't agree with anyone 100% of the time, probably not even myself, <laughs> and and this was definitely something I disagreed with him on. And I can understand if it is his opinion that, you know, we, the people get the vaccine, but he took it to another level. He tried to bring in a religious justification for it and, and by, by quoting scripture. And I can understand hearing this from someone who does not know the word very well, and tries to justify his position by using some scripture here or there that he's picked and chosen. But from a noted theologian like John Piper, this was really surprising and, to be totally honest with you, disappointing. I I did a whole podcast on the subject, and I, I did see that he had gotten some flack for his stance, so I decided to let it go and, and hope that he had learned from his mistake. Sadly, though, this was not the case. And not only that, he he has actually doubled down on what he said earlier. And I was sent this article that he wrote earlier uh, this week for DesiringGod.org, his organization. And here's what he wrote. He said, my aim in this article is to encourage Christians to be vaccinated. If they can do so with a good conscience and and judicious medical warrant. And now let me say here, at least he is being upfront with his motivation here. I, I give him credit for you know stating his motivation and and not trying to, to bury it or hide it here. He's basically saying the purpose of this article is to get people vaccinated and get them convinced that this is what they should do. Now he goes on and says, the people I have especially in view are those who are not vaccinated because of fear of being out of step with people they respect and in step with people they don't admire. My message to them is simple. You are free. <laughs> you are free. Okay. Well, I would say you are free to get the vaccine or make the choice. I mean, this this is what he's saying. He's he's saying you're free to get the vaccine. Uh, well, that's not necessarily free if your only choice is to get the vaccine. 
So he goes on and says, I, so I am not talking directly to everybody. If the shoe fits, put it on, check your conscious, consult your doctor and go get vaccinated. If it doesn't go tearfully and cheerfully on your way, tearfully, because over 4.5 million people have died from COVID-19 worldwide, including over 700,000 Americans and cheerfully because Christ makes it miraculously possible to love people by being sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Second Corinthians 6.10 is what he cites there. Now, <laughs> I love the tone he takes here. A bit of sarcasm if you hadn't picked up on that. Think about it. Talk to your doctor and go get vaccinated. <laughs> Don't pray about it. There's nothing in here that talks about getting, about praying about it. Don't think about it. Decide, you know, decide to to just get it. Just just go get vaccinated is what he's saying. And and if you don't get vaccinated, then here is a, a godly guilt trip for you to, to with with complete with scripture. <laughs> That's what he's saying here. And I am not a fan of when the church tries to put people people on guilt trips for basically anything. I mean, not not a big fan of of people of churches putting people on guilt trips to get even saved because that's not really how people get saved is by going on a guilt trip. So the fact that he tries to use that here just rubs me the wrong way. He goes on and says, "What fuels the cooking fire?" Before I get to the biblical argument for radical freedom, consider a few statistics that fuel the fire over which this article was cooked. Nearly all COVID-19 deaths in the U.S., he states, are now in people who weren't vaccinated from May 2021. Infections in fully vaccinated accounted for fewer than 1,200 and more of more than 107,000 COVID-19 hospitalizations. That's about 1.1%. And only about 150 of the more than 18,000 COVID deaths in May were in fully vaccinated people. The tra that translates to about 0.8%. And he cites the Associated Press. Now, we're going to talk about this here in a second. But he goes on. He says, Indiana saw 3,801 uh, 3, COVID virus deaths between January 18th of this year and September 16th, 94% of them unvaccinated. 97.9% of the Hoosiers younger than 65% who died were unvaccinated. He cites the Evansdale Courier and Press. In Montana, from February of this year to September of this year, 895 of the cases and 88.6 of hospitalizations and 83.5 of the deaths were among people who were fully vaccinated, including those who were not fully vaccinated, including those not yet eligible for vaccination. He cites KRTV Great Falls. He also goes on to say more than 95% of the 443 people under the age of 60 who have died from COVID-19 in Kentucky since earlier July, were unvaccinated. The Lexington Herald leader, he, he cites. The Pennsylvania Department of Health 
reports that between January 1st and October 4th of this year, 93% of the COVID-19 related deaths were in unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated people. Fox 43 is his citation. When people respond to this increasingly clear reality by pointing to untrustworthy and disreputable government and medical leaders, I respond. That's a non-sequitur. The team called vaccination just made a first down, even if monkeys were holding the chains. For friends around the world who don't know American football, that means a win is a win, even if all the coaches and the referees are incompetent. That's the way he tries to, to put things. All right, so anyone can play the statistic game. It's not that impressive, to be honest with you. So let's play the the game, the statistic game. Let's look at some of the states that he conveniently left out. Vaccinated individuals in Michigan have represented 23.4% of the cases, 28.1% of hospitalizations, and nearly 15.4% of the COVID deaths, according to data from Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Is that a reputable enough source for you? According to the Chicago Department of Public Health and Environment, 189 unvaccinated people died from COVID-19 in August, compared to 60 vaccinated individuals. And if you're not a mathematician and you don't have a calculator handy, that's 32% of the deaths in Colorado that were of vaccinated individuals. A full, almost third of the deaths in Colorado in August were from vaccinated individuals. For the month of August in Oregon, 24% of the COVID deaths were vaccinated individuals. Now, these numbers, they're a lot more than 0.8% that he cited. And, you know, maybe that's because his numbers were before the Delta variant. Uh, Maybe they were from, you know, the major media type sources. But if you actually get governmental sources and you start to see what the actual numbers are, again, we can play the statistics game. 80% of the people that have COVID don't even know they have COVID. Having natural immunity makes you 13 times less likely to get COVID again than being vaccinated. So so let me be clear, okay? <laughs> because I don't want to go on and on doing this the statistics game. But let me be clear. I am not saying that the vaccine is not a symptom suppressant. Though, to be honest with you, there is no data showing. If I was to ask you, where's the data showing that you have less symptoms if you're vaccinated than if you're not vaccinated? There's none out there. So it's kind of like what Lars Larson says sometimes. He says, I, I spray elephant spray in the studio every week. And sure enough, it works because I have never had an elephant in the studio. And so it's, it's hard to, to, to prove a negative, right? How can, how can you say it that you have less symptoms? There's nothing out there that says that. But for the sake of argument, let's just say that it is a symptom suppressant. What I'm saying is that 20% of those that are hospitalized for COVID and died 
they were vaccinated. It did not matter if, if, if they were vaccinated or unvaccinated, they still died. So he goes on and says, so let's think about Christian freedom. He says, Peter's sermons to freedom. The, the, the apostle Peter said this. This is what he's, he's writing here. He says, this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as slaves of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And he quotes, quotes 1 Peter 2, 15 through 17. He says, live as people who are free. We're going to cover this in a second. <laughs> I, I, can always, I, I can already hear you kind of twist in your seat. All right. He says, Peter had just said, be subject to the Lord to the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to the emperor as supreme or to governors. 1 Peter 2.13. So how can you be subject and be free at the same time? He asks. Peter answers, Peter's answer is that Christians are slaves to God. In other words, when you submit to a human institution, 1 Peter 2.13, you don't have to do it as the slave of that institution. You, basically what he's saying is you are a slave. You do it in freedom. You submit yourself as a slave to human institutions because you are slaves of God, not man. God owns his people by creation and redemption. So again, he's saying that you're supposed to be a slave to human institutions because God is asking you to. Does that make any sense? He goes on and says, quote, God alone owns us and God alone rules us. We are not ruled by any man. We are free from all human ownership and rule. The Apostle Paul makes the same point. You are not your own for you were bought with a price. First Corinthians 6, 19. God bought you by the blood of Christ. He owns you. And if God owns you, no one else can. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. First Corinthians 7, 23. He goes on and says, Christians are owned by no man, no society, no company, no clan, no family, no school, no military, no government, no political interest group. God alone owns us and God alone rules us. And we are not ruled by any man. We are free from all human ownership and rule, he writes. He says, when we submit, we do so for the Lord's sake, because he said to. God's ownership of his people strips every decisive entitlement from human authority. It turns every act of human compliance into worship. And when we submit, we do so for the glory of our one owner and master. Life is radically Godward. Okay, wow. <laughs> Let's just stop there. Wow. So according to Piper, we are to submit to every mandate of the government. That by complying with every government official, we are worshiping God. And as Christians, we are not to worry about what happens to us, just as long as we comply. <laughs> As a theologian, he should know better than First Peter and, and 
And it's not talking about submitting ourselves to every government whim, whether it be from a good government or an evil one. I mean, he he would also know, know that that the that the word used here in First Peter is hupotasso, a a Greek word for submit or to be subject, which means to arrange stuff respectfully in an orderly manner underneath. Now the same word here is used in Ephesians 5.22 in relation to husbands and wives. So if you believe the way that John Piper believes here, then you would have to say that a wife is subject to her husband and needs to submit to him and his every whim, no matter what. That she is a slave, as he put it, to her husband. And that is not biblical. That is not what we teach because it's not correct. There is a Greek word not used here, and that's uh, hupokuo, and th- that that is um, that's the word that they use for obey, to conform, to follow a command, or to kowtow to an authority as as a subordinate. This word is used twenty one times in relation to children and parents, or slaves and masters. It's a completely different meaning, and it's not the one used there in First Peter. And as a theologian, he knows that, or he should know that. And he is purposely twisting the truth here. Now, he goes on and says, the sons are free. During his lifetime on earth, Jesus had taught Peter a lesson about freedom. Peter wondered about the two drachma tax that Jewish men had to pay each year, Matthew 17, 24, Jesus' answer goes like this, quote, what do you think, Simon, from whom do kings on the earth take toll or tax, from their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. Matthew 17, 25 through 27. The sons are free. That is freedom from being controlled by human authorities. Sons obey their father. He is their um, decisive authority. What they do, they do because of his will not the will of man. The sons are free. This is what he's writing here. This is what John Piper's writing. Now he says that the king's sons are not obliged to pay taxes to institutions created by their father. They are obliged to obey their father, not man. Therefore, when they pay the tax, they do so to honor the father because he gave them the resources of the command. Take that and give it to them. The Matthew 17, 27 part. He says, Peter learned the lesson. And now he says to Christians, live as people who are free. You are sons of God. You are slaves of God. Sonship implies privilege and love. Slavery implies God's ownership and rule, and both imply freedom from man. Okay, again, he goes in, he goes along. This, this is the same thing as the, the, the people that say, well, you know, we're supposed to obey every, every uh, institution of government. Uh, because it says, pay to Caesar what is Caesar's. He is referring to the zealots of the day. They, they recognize no earthly authority, including taxation. 
And this is not a godly viewpoint, but either is submitting to every whim of every government. That is not what God is saying. He is not saying that we we need to submit ourselves to an evil government. Now, Piper goes on and says, liberation from man is not exaltation of self, but woe to us Christians if this radical freedom makes us cocky. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, as in 1 Peter 2.16, and the greatest evil is the pride of self-exaltation. Peter is clear about how God's ownership and fatherhood should affect his slave-like, son-like people. (laughs) So, there it is. If you are, if you're deciding for yourself that you don't want to get the vaccine, then you are covering up for evil, or maybe just simply doing evil yourself, is what he's saying. He goes on and says, clothe yourself, all of you, with humanity toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, casting all your extremities on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5, 5 through 7. Christians are lowly because we are under God's mighty hand. And we are joyful because he cares for us. Our freedom does not make us brash. Bold, yes. Brash, no. There's a particularly Christian boldness. A broken-hearted brokenness. Our freedom does not make us cocky. Courageous, yes. Cocky, no. There is a particularly Christian courage, a contrite courage. Why contrite, yes? Because our clothing is still singing with the fire of almost being condemned. We deserve condemnation, and grace alone saved us. We are utterly dependent on... um, on um underserved unentitled mercy and the promise of god to his children is so staggeringly great that we are as they say floored by it floored he says made low by the promised heights he goes on and says so let no one boast in men for all things are yours therefore paul and apollos or cephas or uh, uh, or the world or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. 1 Corinthians 3, 21-23. All things are yours. So, no boasting. That is the paradox of Christian freedom. Our Father owns everything. We are His heirs. We inherit everything. We are sons. And the sons are free. Therefore, no bragging, no swagger, just joyful tears. Because we don't deserve any of it. And we want all all others to join us in it. But so many refuse. And this is the freedom of love. A freedom that makes us debtors to everyone. Romans 1.14 A freedom with radical, heaven-sent obligations. So so again, he's, he's saying here, that since we are given freedom in Christ, we have the obligation to get vaccinated. Not sure where that's found in the Bible. Maybe you can, you know, write in, let me know. But let's continue. 
He says, freed from the fear of man, left or right. Now, we might think that the point of this biblical reality is bold, broken-hearted Christian freedom would be this. You don't have to be vaccinated when the government tells you to do so. You are free. Live as free people who are free. Don't be enslaved by the fear of breaking ranks with ideological allies. You are free. That's true, of course. If your Father in heaven makes it clear to you by his word and wisdom that his glory and your neighbor's good will be better served by not being vaccinated, you are free to risk COVID for love's sake. No Christian is obliged to bow to unwarranted mandates. (laughs) So, So you are free to risk COVID for love's sake. Wow. That guilt is getting spread on really thick here. And, and, and how is my love for my neighbor, how, how, is, how is my neighbor's good being served by me getting vaccinated? It doesn't keep me from getting COVID. It only lessens the symptoms, possibly. That makes more asymptomatic spreaders. How is giving COVID to my neighbor because I don't know I have it? Good for them. This is just not making any sense, whether it be on a logical level or a spiritual one. But he says, but that's not my main point. (laughs) Okay. He says, my main point is, don't be enslaved by the fear of man. Don't be enslaved by the fear of breaking ranks with ideological allies. The old name for this is peer pressure, and you are free. (laughs) He says, you have considered the risk of COVID as you watch hundreds of thousands of people die. You have considered the short and long-term risks of of the vaccines as you watch millions get their shots. You have compared the frequency of hospitalizations and deaths to those without vaccines. You have thought hard about the implications of fetal cell lines in the production and testing of vaccines. You have rejoiced at the increased Uh, Evidence that natural immunity developed uh, after recovering from COVID is as effective as vaccination immunity. No, 13 times more so, just so you know. You have pondered the likelihood and and unlikelihood of um, conspiracy theories and conjectures. Your conscience is increasingly clear. It says, get vaccinated. But there is this, you know niggling fear of looking left-wing and maybe progressive or democratic or compromised or woke. Okay, so I say, what is he trying to say when he writes, don't be enslaved by the fear of breaking ranks with ideological allies? Is that we should think for ourselves and not just follow others out of fear of them? Isn't that exactly what uh, what those opposed to vaccine mandates are saying as well. Think for yourself, use wisdom, pray, and make your choice, but don't do it at a guilt or peer pressure, like what he's trying to apply here. He says, so my message to folk, to such folks is this, the children are free. Each of us stand or falls before his own master, Romans 14, 4, live as people who are free. Free from the fear of man, fear of being labeled, fear of being called compromiser, fear of being doubled uh, uh, as, as not really 
part of the courageous resistors, especially when you know that thousands of those resistors really are courageous, wise, and thoughtful. Okay. I see courageous a little differently than, than Piper does. I see those that have been fired from their careers for their choice to not get the vaccine as courageous. I see those that are not allowed to go to the store, a restaurant, a ball game, a concert, because they have chosen not to do what others have done as courageous. I see those that don't go along with an evil government mandate and stand up and say, not me. I see those people as courageous. I guess we just see things differently here. But fear is not freedom. The freedom of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Proverbs 29, 25, he says. He says, the fear of man lays a freedom-snatching snare. Why? Because the fearing soul is already snared, already caught, already bound, enslaved. I call you to something better, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit against a yoke of slavery, Galatians 5.1. Not a government yoke, not an anti-government yoke, not a left-wing yoke, not a right-wing yoke. You are free to say that with integrity, my decision to be vaccinated is not a political decision. It is not right-wing or left-wing. It is biblically informed act of love. The sons are free, tearfully, cheerfully free. Therefore, live as people who are free. And that's how he ends it. As saintly as that sounds to say that it's not a political thing, it really has become that. These vaccine mandates are about power and they're about control. Because if you listen to the so-called experts and those in these positions of power, they're saying that we're going to do everything to get to wipe this, this virus out. It's not going to happen. We don't do that with any other virus. We don't do that with the cold. We don't do that with the flu. We learn to live with it. We learn how to do the things that you know don't necessarily uh, lead to spread. I don't cough on somebody. But we're not going to do away with it. So they set up these impossible things to, to achieve and then say, okay, you have to do what I say until that time that we do the impossible thing. It's about power and it's about control. You are free, not if you get guilted or pressured into doing something by some government official or by some self-inflated pastor or theologian throwing scripture around just, just to make their point, you are free when you make a decision using your free will to do what God would have you do. So there, there's a, I, I know I got going and I know that this, this kind of stuff just really kind of chaps me the wrong way because this kind of thing, he should know better and shame on him for doubling down on this. And you may have a completely different opinion of that. I would love to hear from you, whether you agree with me or you don't. And you can always go to uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. 
This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.